0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good day. I don't know what time you're listening to this, but welcome to the Farewell Podcast. I'm Clay Skipper. I am joined by, no surprise here, Steve Magnus and Brad Stahlberg. This is our first roundtable as the Farewell Podcast.
1: Uh, How is that? How's that feeling to you guys? How's that sitting with you, Brad? Sitting great. I am really looking forward to today's episode. I have been doing more research for this podcast than I have for any other podcast I've appeared on our own or others, because we are doing a draft and, um, it brought me back to my undergrad days of drafting
2: fantasy football teams. Only this is going to be a better draft. And, And by research, I think we have to make it clear that Brad means binge watching TV shows. So, you know, good on you, Brad. So Brad,
0: since this is your smart idea, I'm saying that I could have sounded facetious, but that was earnest. Why don't you set us up here? Tell us what we're doing. And we, we haven't even really established the guardrails, so we can talk through the rules in real time.
1: Well, it's the start of the new year and we are living in what some would say is the golden age of television. And also now being able to watch just about any movie ever from the comfort of your own home great documentaries too. So I got to thinking what would be useful for listeners and a lot of fun for us is maybe a way to help cut through all the streamers and all the shows and all the options out there to get to the best visual media. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a second, related to the things that we care about. So excellence, craft, mastery, performance, Getting the Most Out of Yourself. And I figured that documentaries would be too narrow. Steve and I did something like that a few years ago. It was great, but let's broaden it out. So we're going to include dramas and also movies. And we're going to define our parameters of performance, mastery, craft, excellence pretty broadly. You'll get a sense for it once we start going into these shows. And it'll be on us to explain why a show meets muster
0: yeah we i feel like it was left intent it was left broad i don't know if intentionally so but i think we can interpret what we mean by best show documentary about performance in our explanation of it
1: yeah that's right and we're not talking about adult entertainment performance just to be clear there goes my list
2: (laughs) yeah straight to steve's one through five is out do hard things. That's what it's about.
0: Oh, man. Um, great. So how are we going to... I, I feel like in determining the draft order, we should just go by seniority, frankly. And then
1: I feel like we do a snake draft. I think we do a snake-style draft, and I think youngest picks first. Really? Yeah, okay. you don't know what's going on, Clay. You're like in Gen Z still, so Steve and I got shows that you weren't even born. Yeah, mine yeah. are all just TikToks. They're just one minute TikToks. You said visual <laughs> entertainment,
0: and, and that's what I decided. I also love that we were promising everyone a bigger and better podcast in 2024, and we've just now we're becoming a pop culture podcast.
1: No, th- you're going to see. I, I can guarantee <laughs> listeners stick with us. This this episode, you will like this episode, and no, it will illegal. give you it will give you good things for your brain.
2: It's excellence, Clay, focused on excellence. So they'll they'll walk away with good stuff. Let's get this started. Clay's going first, then Brad, then me, and then I'll double pick. Round
0: one. Fight. Okay. So number one pick. I for some reason didn't think I'd be going first. So I don't feel confident. If this is number one, but this is this is my my number one on my list is. The Dawn Wall, which is a documentary about Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen climbing El Cap, which is, you might more famously know it as the wall, the wall that Alex Hunold climbed. Now, Alex Honnold did it free soloing, which if you guys have seen the movie, you know that he did it with no ropes or anything like that. Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgensen were the first people to free climb it. I think it's called free climbing i might have that wrong but basically they climbed using ropes and um, they camped on the wall using a portal edge but their ropes weren't assisting them they were just there for safety reasons in case they fell now you might make an argument that free solo is a more a more impressive performance and i would tend to agree with that but the thing about free solo is it just seems so inaccessible not not saying that like the climbing the el cap with ropes is accessible to normal people i'm not saying it is but i think alex Hunold is so off in his own category i didn't know that there's a ton to take from that other than watching it and being like this guy is on a different level i would also make the arguments against the last dance for that reason, but some of you guys might have the last dance. What I loved about Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Jorgeson is like, they took three weeks to climb it. They did all 32 pitches. So pitches is like one section of the wall together. And I thought there was a ton of lessons in there that are things that sort of made concrete and made a uh, visual. A lot of the stuff we talk about. So one is like, they have this huge macro task, but on each of the pitches, they really had to zoom in and focus on the micro pitch they were they were doing. So it's like being able to zoom out and zoom in. You know, I think to play Steve here and, and turn it into a running metaphor: like if you're running a whole marathon, you can't think about the 26 miles the whole time. You got to think about okay, what is this five mile chunk? And so I think again, Alex Hunnell, he did it in like I forget he when he did it, but he did it in like four hours. So you didn't quite get the appreciation for here's a macro task steve brad you're shaking your head he didn't do well, it. it's a different
1: hours. it it's no he did but it's a different route the route that see, and okay. jorgensen did is in, infinitesimally harder i see, so it okay. is completely inaccessible what they did they're the only people that have ever climbed this route in that style okay okay fair fair uh, my point isn't that it's
0: accessible i don't i don't want to take away here to be like clay thinks he can climb the climb the dawn wall but but my point is that i just felt like being with them over the extended period of time you got a better appreciation for some of these growth equation principles another one was i remember on pitch set 15 tommy cl- climbed it kevin was having a harder time and his fingers were so like messed up from all the climbing that they had to sit for two days in their portal ledge and like do nothing and it was just this idea of you know when you're banging your head against a task Being like, all right, I'm going to take a break. Like the bet, the thing that my body most wants to do right now is keep climbing. The best thing I can do is take a break. And also, like Tommy Caldwell climbs without an index finger, so that also seems worth shouting out. So that is why the Don Wall for me is my first about performance excellence, mastery, craft. I think it's it all is in there.
1: Wasn't even in my top twelve. Hell of a movie. (laughs) I feature Tommy Caldwell extensively in master of change, phenomenal human being an athlete. Um, but I think that is a, an interesting first pick of the draft. That was
2: a surprise, but you know, you got to take risks. So I, 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 like the movie. I like where you're going with it. So I, I think it captures things. Well, just a surprise number one pick. I mean, this, this draft is going to be crazy. All right, Brad, Look, let's not forget Brock Purdy was the last pick in the NFL draft. And you know, until I'm this looking, last weekend,
1: yeah, leading an MVP. Steve camp. and I, let's just say, Steve and I are very happy because you've left us the bear in the last dance.
2: And the bear
1: in the last dance. It is All a right, tough, I let You say your defense. It is. It is a tough decision between those two. But with the second pick of the draft, I am taking the bear. The bear is a drama on Hulu, first aired in 2022. The premise is a family restaurant. Carmi is a chef at a super fancy restaurant in New York. He won all the culinary awards, and his brother, his older brother, dies by suicide in the throes of addiction and leaves him behind this restaurant in Chicago that is an Italian sandwich shop that is just a mess and failing. And the bear chronicles Carmi coming home and turning this restaurant around. And um, it is by far the most inspirational best show I've ever seen on the pursuit of excellence and mastery. And it hits on all of the things that we care about, particularly the notion of doing something special with other people and supporting one another. And my God, I won't give a spoiler, but there is a scene where Richie, Carmen's cousin is just really struggling. And then he goes off to apprentice at this other restaurant and they have him just folding napkins in it. It is peak television. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Um, Hulu is kind of a sham that I pay $7 a month and there's still a commercial every 34 seconds. So if you can get past that, uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend the bear. um, I would argue it's the best dramatic television show I've ever seen, so I'm thrilled to take it at the second pick of the draft. So we had a, we had a difference of of what the what the criteria was here. What about the bear is not related to excellence and mastery? Are you no, 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 it is. You it, is it is. The bear? We were
0: talking about. I think you, you. This is fine. I'm just. I'm just pointing this out for listeners. I feel like you put a higher value on entertainment value. And I was wait,
2: I was waiting lessons on mastery and craft. I, 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 I'm with I'm with Clay on this one. You know, I made it through a couple episodes of the Bear and and haven't watched it beyond that. So, you know, it wouldn't be my it wouldn't be my pick. But you know, good on good good on great you, show though. Great show. I think
1: it's a great show. But well, if you listeners don't want to have fun, then listen to Clay and Steve's picks. If you want to be entertained and. Learn about excellence and mastery.
2: Clay, I got Clay you covered. Clay and I are about the lesson. We want the excellence, the mastery, the takeaway, the thing that represents the growth equation.
1: You Here know? comes Steve with Steve some, gets it. Some, some, some game. Is game tape a thing in cross country? Some 1946 cross country meet. Here it comes.
2: You know, I could go with the long green line, the documentary on the York high school cross country team, probably the most dominant high school team ever in anything, Um, but I won't. I'll I'll just go with a different pick. Um, Man, The Last Dance is available. It's very tempting to pick that, but I, going into this and evaluating that as a pick, first, I thought it'd be gone. But second, much like Clay, I said, you know what? Does this represent the values of the growth equation? No, it's more of a cautionary tale, I would say. It's some freak athlete, Michael Jordan, who was obsessively passionate and had insane talent and still won despite like some of those obsessions, you know, being some downfalls, gambling and other things like that. Um, So it's still tempting to pick it, but I'm going to go in a different way Uh, with this pick. I'm going to go Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. And there's a reason here. I think it's worth the first-round pick because it covers two ends of the spectrum. A, you get to see this obsessed prodigy, much in the line of maybe a Jordan or others, but obsessed prodigy and the insane kind of focus that it takes. But more importantly, to get that mastery, to get the 900, what did he have to do? He had to let go. There's this wonderful line by Rodney Mullen, one of his you know, essentially longtime skating partners who advise Hawk to risk not winning. And then Hawk, again, I'm going to butcher the quote, but he said something along the lines of when I stopped competing, it was like he had all this freedom and he was able to let go. And that's what allowed him to break through and get that creative spark and get the 900 and do all the crazy stuff that he's done. So I think from a from a growth equation standpoint, it kind of captures the the nuance of performance perfectly. Round two fight. You're up again, Steve. Oh man. I could go with the last dance again. But you know what? I gotta stick with my guns here. My second overall pick. Won't you be my neighbor? Strong pick. Strong, Strong pick. Fred Rogers, man. And this is why you guys are just setting me up to look bad, but go ahead. This is why, like, who could you learn? Like, he is the master at teaching things. I mean, if you want to understand performance, I had to understand this from my wife go watch a teacher teach a bunch of five or six year olds because, like, it's crazy and it's insane. And you've got to have all these tools to get kids to quote unquote perform. And Fred Rogers was the master of that, he was the master of teaching in a way that got the lesson across without offending anybody. I think there was a wonderful display of this in the documentary way back in the day when there was controversy in the U.S. about there's some big controversy of of, uh, having uh, African-Americans swim in the same swimming pool. What does Fred Rogers do? Invites an African-American policeman, has him take his shoes off and stick his feet in a little kid's pool with Fred Rogers, symbolic learning. And I think, I think that's what it's all about. So if you want to learn how to coach mastery excellence, go copy Fred Rogers. Well, I have no choice, but to take the last
1: dance with the fifth pick of the draft. I thought that it would be the first pick of the draft. Thought that it might be the second pick of the draft. Um, I mean, it's the greatest sports documentary ever made. And yeah, it is in many ways a cautionary tale, but cautionary tales are really important. And if you haven't seen The Last Dance, it is just absolutely riveting at investigating what was underneath probably the greatest run in the history of professional sports, at least one of the greatest runs, and potentially the greatest professional athlete of all time. Um, so I just, I couldn't recommend the last dance more. I am shocked. I have the bear in the last dance. I have my top two ranked pieces of content on my team in number three and four are available. And I don't think Clay's going to pick them.
0: No shot. You have Lamar Jackson and Tyreek Hill on your fantasy football team right now. Your version of Lamar Jackson and Tyreek Hill.
2: But, but here's the thing. The stars just getting the most talented players doesn't win the championship. Yeah. Gotta have the good mix, Brett. I'm drafting oh, yeah. an O line. This is a great here. mix.
1: I I we're gonna get feedback from listeners, by the way, when you watch these shows, like what what would be your top four shows to watch? And um I But that's I'm, not the we'll criteria. Yes, yes yeah. you're changing yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, not exactly. the criteria. It is the criteria.
2: No, it's, it's the best these are the best shows on no. performance and mastery and excellence. <laughs> no. That's what we have said. No, no, no. The criteria is not the most entertaining. It is the best 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 representation. It's the best representation. Clay and I, it's clearly two against one here. And Clay and I interpreted this correctly. Because if we were going to go best shows, you know, I'd just just go the the most watched, you know? The highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not the most watched. The
1: the masses don't always have good taste, Steve. The bear isn't the most watched. I'm. I'm. We're doing a mosaic. This yeah. is good. It's a mosaic. Again, if, if right. you watch, if you watch television to be entertained and to learn a thing or two, you should probably respect my team. And um, if you watch television like you're watching game tape, then maybe go with Stephen Clay.
0: I'm. Yeah. I'm going to take this feedback live and switch up my my order right mm-hmm. here. And this is going to be a sleeper. I guarantee this was not on either of your lists. I would almost bet another shrimp bugs tattoo. Uh, but because I will weigh entertainment value a little bit more, a little bit higher, I'm going to put Phantom Thread as my next pick. Now, Steve, guys, I can see Steve's Googling. Never heard of it. <laughs> Phantom Thread is the last movie that Daniel Day-Lewis did before he retired. And it is about a dressmaker working some a long time ago. But the idea is that he was like the ultimate dressmaker um, and sort of like an incredible clothing designer. Now, I'm also switching up live because this is also a cautionary tale. Uh, this is This guy was sort of obsessive. He was a master designer, but he was obsessive and he was controlling and he created a very... Uh, toxic work culture Uh, but i think it raises a lot of questions that we talk about in the show of like how do you balance sort of general health with uh periods of acute performance and sort of raises a lot of the interesting questions and you know as good fiction and good stories often do let's that question sort of hang there instead of answering it and allows you to come to your own conclusions about performance and mastery. And especially in this case, it's definitely about craft and excellence. Um, also, I think it works on a metal level because Daniel day Lewis is quite literally one of the greatest performers of all time when it comes to acting. And I think it's very cool that he, I mean, I guess he could change his mind at any point, but I think it's very cool that he, I think retired after this and almost in a Barry Sanders esque way when he was at the height of his powers, I can't remember if he won the Oscar for this, but I'm almost certain he was nominated if he didn't win, just is like, all right, I'm out. You know, he did like, there will be blood. He did Lincoln. He did Phantom thread. And then he just sort of walks off into the sunset. So I think there's a lot as opposed to my Don wall, which one, which is, I was like, you could take a notebook to that and come away with like 10 lessons learned. This is very different in the sense of, I think it's much more entertaining. It's obviously fictional, um, And you're not going to come away with like, here's the answers, but it'll come away with like a lot of having evoked a lot of questions for you about mastery and craft. But Phantom Thread, second pick, sixth overall pick, definitely a weird one, but I stand by it.
2: We're all over the place, man. I would comment, but I've never heard or seen it. So
1: round three, fight.
0: Sticking with the entertainment value, I would throw out ford versus ferrari
1: yes which was a movie that came I'm, out a couple i'm of years getting ago. my top four picks
0: and here i was thinking that was that was exclamation in support of my pick um ford versus ferrari very good movie it is tells the story of how ford wanted to compete with ferrari in the le mans race which ferrari like perennially won ford couldn't compete this guy carol shelby started working for ford he's played by matt damon and he works with a driver by the name of ken miles who's played by christian bale and they basically work to build and race a car that is better than the ferrari car um and what i love about this specifically is that i think it demonstrates the process mindset so sort of i mean ken miles is obsessed with driving the perfect lap like, he, he remembers all the corners. He remembers, like, when to brake, when to accelerate. And he's just thoroughly obsessed. It takes over his whole life, like, building the perfect car, racing the perfect lap. And he actually doesn't quite fall in love with the process. I think the fact that he can't run a perfect lap haunts him a little bit. But I just think this idea of always striving the, for the perfect lap is such a great metaphor in, like, try to, try to go for the perfect lap. No, you're not going to get it. Try to have some joy and contentment, unlike Ken Miles, who didn't necessarily find it. In doing that, learn where you went wrong and try to improve. And like that, it could be your whole life. You know, the perfect lap could stand in for a lot of different things. But I like the idea and how it's illustrated in that movie. Again, big spoiler. He ends up, well, I won't spoil the movie, but him chasing the perfect lap doesn't necessarily work out great for him in the end. But I still like the way it it evokes that idea.
1: And there's a lesson in that too. That you know, chasing the perfect lap is uh, isn't necessarily going to solve all your problems. Even if you, even if you run the perfect lap, yeah. Well, with my third pick, I'm going to go down in my list only because I, I know Steve would have taken this, so I'm going to take it off the board. This is a movie that Steve told me to watch. It profiles an extraordinary, world class sushi chef with a ten seat restaurant. I see Steve nodding. I knew it. A 10-seat restaurant under a subway station in Tokyo. It is called Euro Dreams of Sushi. And um, this is a look at the tradition and ritual and lineage wrapped up in what is essentially putting a piece of raw fish and rice and how at the utmost extraordinary level of care and attention and love it becomes an art and it is an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 40 minutes. Um, and you will finish this movie both really wanting to go to this subway station in Tokyo and eat at Euro's restaurant, but even more so I think, um, just inspired by the value of caring about something where you can make progress in and ideally doing it in a community of other crafts workers. So, I am taking Euro Dreams of Sushi 2011 on Hulu off the board. It's a good pick. Would you have taken Euro? I'm just curious because I don't think you're going to take my number three movie that I'm going to come back to and get in the
2: next round. But would you have taken Euro? Uh, no, it was my backup to Tony Hawk in case it was taken off the board. But it's, it's a good pick. It was on my my, uh, my list of possible choices. Okay. It's a good one. All right. Approve. So this is where I was, you know, unbeknownst to Brad, I was going to go throw something entertaining in there to, uh, you know, to check that box. So I'm glad this will work out. And this is what I'd call my coaching pick. You know, I've, I've got, this is, this is what, what does it take to coach people up to the highest level? And I thought about a lot of different, uh, paths I could have gone here. I thought about maybe, you know, Yoda and Luke and Empire Strikes Back—it's a good coaching moment. Maybe Dead Poets Society, but I started to—I decided to go where good friend, world-class coach Vern Gambetta says is the best coaching movie of all time: The Karate Kid. Mister Miyagi, wax on, wax off—it's—it's it's the epitome. Of learning, of teaching someone how to perform at the highest level with the correct attitude. And it's actually, you know, scientifically, psychologically sound coaching to be able to learn skills. So I think Karate Kid is and highly entertaining. We're going the originals, the original here, not the remakes. So excellence mastery. You can't beat Daniel Sun and Mr. Miyagi. Round four. Fight all right starting the fourth round my final pick here since we went conventional on number three i'm going to throw one in that you guys probably won't expect and may not have even heard of for my fourth pick my final pick i'm going to go with the documentary from 1966 the endless summer and so this was a documentary famous in the surfing world where two surfers went around the world chasing summer so that they could surf year round. And what they were after was looking for the perfect wave. So again, this was made in the sixties before surfing kind of took off. It was starting to take off. um, But in a kind of more Hollywood, you know, type of way. And these were just kind of what I'd call two surfing bums, chasing mastery, not wealth not finances but mastery of the craft and they're chasing the perfect wave they go through all through africa and all these people have no idea what they're doing um and they finally find the perfect wave but it's not what you expect it's not like this giant wave in hawaii or what have you it's this actually small wave that has like the perfect tube that lasts for like 45 seconds, which is a really long time for a wave where you can ride it. And everyone is repeatable after time. So they just, they're just enjoying it. So it's the purpose. It's the perfect movie for like chasing your dream, but in a harmonious way. I'm just building a super team
1: over here because I am, I am shocked. I am, I am having my, my top four overall ranked Pieces of visual content will be my team. That's what I got to Brad. That's what I got to my top four picks. Well, it's up. Listen, it, the, 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 the listeners of the podcast are going to ultimately tell us who wins based on their feedback with this pick. I am taking a documentary called Meru. It is my favorite climbing movie. It chronicles the trio of Conrad anchor. Um, really a patriarchal in the best way is that, is it possible to be patriarchal in a good way? What's the word for that? Like, uh, but father figure. Yeah. A, yeah. A father figure in, in the climbing world, uh, with his mentee in phenomenal filmmaker, Jimmy Chin, whose kind of peak career. Is there attempting this first ascent up sharkspin? And, a young climber that is just stoked to be with them and learn Renan Turk. And, uh, I will not give any spoilers, but it is just how to pursue peak performance with a group of people that you love at the highest level and do all the right things. I mean, in the talk about entertainment and you could take notes on, they do all the right things. Um, there is a scene where so much restraint is shown. There is a scene where the push is so hard. And it is accompanied by music from Jose Gonzalez. Um, it's just phenomenal. I saw this movie when it first came out in theaters. It's an independent film. This is, I think, the movie that really kind of launched Jimmy Chin's career as a filmmaker, if I remember right. Uh, since then, he did Free Solo with Alex Honnold, also still on the board for you, Clay. Uh he recently did the NIAD documentary. I haven't yet seen that. Have heard wonderful things. Um so I'm I'm thrilled to take to take Meru. All right. My that's that leaves it up to me. That leaves it up to you. Mr. Irrelevant. I'm, I mean your whole team I'm is irrelevant, so it doesn't really matter. I'm so rattled.
0: I I don't know. So I I'm gonna go off my list. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wing it. Um I also wanted a coaching. I like the idea of having a sort of coaching philosophy pick in here. So my fourth pick is how to train your dragon.
1: How to train your dragon
0: over Ted Lasso? That was a joke. That was a joke. It was a joke. No, on my last pick I'm going with remember the Titans. Um, if people have not seen remember the Titans, what is wrong with you? But also, if you haven't seen American Titans, it tells the story of the uh, 1971 T.C. Williams High School football team. Uh, 19, They were in Virginia, I believe, and 1971 was the year their school was integrated. So you have a team of white players who have a white coach. Um, that was Bill Yost, who's played by, wow, what is his name? Uh, Will Patton? Is that his name? Will Patton? I don't know. Sorry that I'm forgetting this guy's name. It's because he's so so outshined by the other coach who's Herman Boone played by Denzel Washington. And so it's the story of this football team and how they integrated. And it's, it's just entertainment value. It's 10 out of 10. And in terms of lessons of bringing a team together under needless to say circumstances that were very hard to bring a team together under, it's a you know playbook, not to use a football pun, but it's a perfect playbook and how to do that. So I feel strongly about that. I feel most strongly about this pick, which is reflects that I
1: did not draft well
0: or in the proper it's,
1: order. It's a great pick. It's the only one of your picks that were in my top fifteen. I also just want people to know that um, head's Brad's
0: head almost exploded when I said uh how to train your dragon. We might have to try to pull that video and put it on YouTube. <laughs>
1: Well, I just, I mean, I couldn't believe you were going to leave Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso was left on the table. Yes. Um. We'll talk about the oldies, the outside looking ins in a second, but I think remember the Titans is a great pick. It was ranked number nine on my list. And the truth is if I didn't have to watch that movie every single day of high school summer after two days in football, it probably would be number one on my list, Um. The diminishing marginal utility didn't set in until my junior year, but you can only watch a movie 184 times before you know, you've know, you seen it enough. Uh, just a phenomenal movie. I bet if I went back and watched it with Theo right now, it would very quickly move. I mean, this is the kind of pit clay that could really rescue you. If we've got some some iGen, truly Gen Z listeners that you know were in the crib when this movie came on and they hadn't heard of it and they're discovering Remember the Titans for the first time, it gives you a shot. It gives you a shot, Clay. So I got some Oli's. I mean, these are these are pieces of visual content that I am just flabbergasted.
0: Did you say what Olie means, by the way? Are still on the board.
1: I think I did. And Oli okay. is an outside looking in. So they didn't get drafted. They're free agents in fantasy speak. May it last, the Avid Brothers documentary. Steve, have you watched this yet? Nope. Thanks, man. I remember watching the Avid Brothers, and I was... Like almost in tears, just the wonderful story. This is before Clay was on the team. Now I'll know who to call or who to text. And I text Steve, you, maybe you remember this, maybe not. And I'm like, Steve, you've got to watch the Avid Brothers documentary because it's just what you and I should work towards. And Steve said, Cool. And I don't think he remembers any of that. But Steve and I aren't actually brothers. The Avid Brothers are actually brothers. They make incredible Americana folk music. Uh, they write with heart and with soul. But they're also so dedicated to the craft. May it last. Phenomenal. I'm going to stick with the music theme. Also, an oldie Whiplash, 2014 movie, Bobby Knight style coach, just how to do it wrong. A cautionary tale of a coach at a music academy with a drummer who is just out of his mind good, but this coach just needs control. And the whole thing explodes. Very entertaining. We modeled The Passion Paradox off of this movie in the sense that this movie had no like white space. It was just go, 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 go. Passion Paradox, I believe, is only 140 pages. Uh, We really tried to write a tight book based on this kind of thematic approach to the movie. Another Oli in the music category, Jason Isbell, Running With Our Eyes Closed. The greatest—of course Steve hasn't heard of Jason Isbell—the greatest living songwriter— the greatest living songwriter. Well, the greatest current living songwriter. I mean, people are going to say Bob Dylan. Um, who's the guy? Randy Newman. Yeah, Randy Newman. Like, there's some other. But I mean, uh, like, currently, at the height of his talent, Steve, he's nominated for four Grammys. Stop telling me that I'm wrong here.
2: Brian and- Wilson is still alive. There's no way that this guy is better than Brian Wilson. And great movie about brian wilson out there as well. exactly i mean i'm sure he's great but you could have said like greatest current songwriter instead you went with living and i'm like ah, current it should it no it should have been current i mean bob current. dylan's still alive it should have jason
1: Isbell.
0: big jason fan i'll ride for too
1: you know you'll ride for him should have been current i got a couple more olies i'm gonna keep going because i have no faith that you're gonna name any of these because your taste is different certainly than mine not no. Were you not going to name any of these? Oh, this will be fun to see. The Queen's Gambit.
2: Oh, I would have said that. I haven't seen it.
1: 2020 yeah. Netflix chronicles this chess player's rise to stardom in a sport that is just dominated by men. She's a woman. She's better than all the men. The trials and tribulations she faces. The learning from a sensei to master the game of chess. The pressure, how she deals with it. How the chess world tries to sexualize her and how she has to deal with that and still becomes the best in the world. I got Hard Knocks, Dan Campbell edition. Lions, as of recording this, have won the NFC North. I know when this is going to come out. It will be too soon for the Lions to have lost the playoff game yet, so we are still riding the wave. Pumping Iron, phenomenal documentary on bodybuilding, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then Ted Lasso. No one named Ted Lasso. I think that Ted Lasso is a great show and also the most overrated show. And I think both those things can be true at once. And maybe that's why, why it didn't get on the list. So those are my olies. Can we take a second
0: to discuss Ted Lasso? Because I love Ted Lasso as a, as a show. I'd be really curious to hear you guys take on whether or not you think that type of coaching philosophy would like, it's just so unrealistic, right? I mean it's beautiful to watch makes me cry more regularly than any other show but if a fucking why didn't you pick it
1: instead of the
0: coach if a coach went into a professional sports locker room and was like oh yeehaw we're all buddies and like we're founded on love like it would never work it would never work
1: am i wrong am i too cynical I mean, I've already forgotten your other picks. The only pick of yours that I remember is the Don Wall, because that's a hell of a movie. Yeah, I remember the Titans. You like the Titans. And remember the Titans. What was the, what was the third round? Not the Phantom Dress. What was the other one? Phantom Dress, the Phantom Thread. Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, okay. Ted Lasso,
0: w- one of my favorite TV shows. I just don't think
1: his coaching philosophy would really fly. You picked I, Fast and Furious I, over I, Ted Lasso. I,
2: I, I, <laughs> yeah, well, Vin I mean, Diesel is a real leader. So so I think there's I think I think we have to remember this is fiction and the real world version of Ted Lasso would probably be more in line with maybe uh Pete Carroll or Mike McDaniel. Yes. Okay, than Steve Kerr, like maybe. the fiction. Yeah, Steve Kerr. I think they go over top to, you know, make it yeah. entertaining so that Brad will watch it and not take away the lessons. So believe believe I don't have that many OEs. I'm I'm a four
0: man roster. I'll throw out two, uh, both movies whose posters I had hanging on my wall in college. One is He Got Game, another Denzel Washington movie. Uh, Denzel Washington alongside Ray Allen, who plays Jesus Shuttlesworth, who's the top high school recruit and, and basketball recruit. And his father, Denzel Washington, is incarcerated and is basically tasked by the warden with convincing Jesus to go to the warden's alma mater. And it's a story about basketball and dealing with being a phenom. It's about father-son relationships. Um, So a lot to unpack in there. The other one, one of my other favorite movies of all time, Love and Basketball, uh, starring Omar Oh, great choice. And Sanaa Latham. Dude, and... dude, let me,
1: let me, let me, sorry to interject. If your team would have just been the Don <laughs> well, Wall, remember the Titans, Love and Basketball, and He Got Game, you're marching into to a tournament with like a three or four seed that everyone's just scared of. Like, sure, they're not the biggest name. Sure, you're not the highest rank. But you catch the right growth equation listener at the right time of their life and they go through these movies and you are a champion. Well, that's and, fine.
0: Love and basketball could be in the flex spot. He got games coming off the bench. We have we got a lot. We got a lot to work with
1: here. I mean, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth <laughs> in the Phantom Thread dressmaker and
2: Fast and Furious with Denzel coaching. I in. mean, come on.
1: That's Where what I'm you? saying.
2: I, I, I got to put Jesus Shuttlesworth in. I think Clay, you know, as the youngest general manager, just got a little spooked. It's, it's, he it's really did. He had a terrible draft. And saw, <laughs> and saw Brad, like you know, trying to get in his head, and Brad got in his head. And you should have just, you stick to the plan on draft day. Yeah. You don't, you don't go trade for, you know. Right. I got in his head with the entertainment value, and then he chose Fast and Furious. <laughs> you don't make the dumb trade for the guy that the owner wants. Just,
0: look, right? look, you just. I love lo- the game plan. Today I lost, but I also learned. You know, and that's the most. That's the most important thing here, as Jalen Hurts always says. So there you go. Put that,
2: put, put that on Instagram. We'll do well. You're um, great. yeah. I mean, so Brad mentioned the Olis that I didn't. I, I was going to mention Whiplash. It was in the consideration. I was going to mention Queens Gambit. It was in consideration. I already I already mentioned some that I went through on my head for the coaching. Again, Empire Strikes Back, Dead Poets Society. For a second, I car- I considered Mary Poppins. I mean, fun. You know, it's good coaching. This is a Ted Lasso approach. Steve um, going after the jitterbug flip phone crowd. You got, for those you got that to don't do know, it.
1: We're, we're looking to get jitterbug on as a sponsor.
2: I considered the Brian Wilson Beach Boys documentary. I think it's a good... Uh, you know, from an actual greatest songwriter in history, um, but one who struggled mightily. That's a good insight. But again, not the growth equation flavor. Uh, the hard knocks, Dan Campbell. Although it's not done yet, I think the hard knocks with Mike McDaniel right now is is another one that's worth worth the watch. Um, and then the running side, I mentioned it, but the long green line is worth worth a. Um, Worth a watch. It's uh York High School, Joe Newton, probably, you know, arguably probably the the greatest high school coach, maybe any sport. I don't know, high school sports that well, but won something like 30 state titles in cross country and always among the best in the the uh the country. But what he was famous for is a couple things is he had like he was like the Ted Lasso cheesy lines. He had all of them like. Always do your best. Like, it's it's nice to be great, but far greater to be nice. Like, he had all these sayings, but the dude just won. And uh, perhaps most impressively is he would have something like, I kid you not, 200-plus kids on a high school cross-country team. And he would have nicknames for all of them. So... It's it's this great coaching mentorship. The documentary was solid, wasn't as professionally made as some of these others, so I didn't include it. But also in consideration for the the coaching spot. Did you got, the Mary Poppins one? Maybe want to ask
0: if you considered Sound of Music.
2: You know that would be a that would be a good choice. I did I didn't consider it, but you know maybe maybe it should have been in there. I was trying to think of a, a off the. I was I'm looking for my Tom Brady's, you know. Yes. And and you know, these are longtime performers, so Brad, you know, is is you know, going for entertainment. I'm going for staying value. People still watch sound of music. Same thing I, with I Pumping Iron. That's true. Pumping Iron's a classic. Um it is.
1: Black Swan is another mm, movie. Mm. Dark, dark, dark movie about really just obsession with performance um i won't give any spoilers it's about a ballerina in the ballet i'll only say that my grandmother and her friends went to watch that movie thinking it was going to be like celebratory of the ballet and they went to watch it with like these people that like are, you know, big philanthropists to the ballet where my grandma lives. And I just remember after my grandma said that they were very surprised with the movie. Does not paint being a ballerina um, very pleasantly. Um, It's a really, really sad movie uh, just about obsession. But obsession with greatness um, and the cost of that if you don't do it the right way. Obsessive passion. Don't you don't want obsessive passion? One more I wish I had
0: thought of, and I throw out now is winning time. I watched that that uh, Lakers HBO show, and I think the show was phenomenal. And again, I know there's a lot of artistic liberties taken with that show too, but interesting portrayal, especially about Jerry Buss and how he built the Lakers. Obviously, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, all very different approaches to performance and excellence. But that makes it fun too because you get the sort of cauldron of all these different egos and types of performance thrown into a pot and they got to figure it out.
2: So, uh, listeners, how about this? Tell us what team, what picks you liked best. Again, you can use Brad's, you know, kind of superficial standard of, of what you like to bench watch, or you could use the better standard of, what represents the growth equation teaches you how to have mastery and excellence the best you know use your own standard but most importantly let us know whose team you think is the best what documentaries are the best and if we missed anything that we should watch
0: Yeah, on that front, hopefully you guys have a great list of things to watch now this year. If your New Year's resolution is to watch more TV, you are all set. We've set you up for success. If you have thoughts and feelings, please tell us. Email us. I think I have an email that's clay.growtheq at gmail.com. You can email me. This is our first roundtable. It's farewell. We have an interview out with Courtney DeWalter that came out last week. We have a great special version of a show we're calling the coach up that is all about goals so you guys now have the full slate of what's going to be coming this year you have an interview you have a round table you have a coach up if you haven't checked out any of the other two episodes please do that we're going to have so much great content for you in 2024 and this is sort of a skeleton of what it's going to look like so check it out subscribe if you enjoyed this or you enjoy any of the other episodes Don't hesitate to review. That really helps. Or more importantly, share it with somebody else that you think would like this and enjoy listening to it or benefit from it. Till then, we will talk to you next time. And as always, farewell.